if your goal is to start exercising, anything more than what you have been doing is better than what you have been doing. Because a lot of people kind of go, oh, I have to go, you know, from zero to 100. But you don't have to. It just has to be a start. So more is already more. Women Like You, the podcast for women who hate working out but know they should. I'm Sarah, I'm a GP and I work in fertility and women's health. And I'm Gab, I'm an audio producer and journalist. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're on today and pay our respects to their elders past and present. A few weeks ago, we received an amazing email from a Wiley listener asking for tips on how to get started exercising. So if you're starting out for the very first time or if you're coming back to exercise for the first time in years... How should you actually start? And what's a safe and sustainable way to do that? Mm, safe and sustainable. Mm. It's a good, the good two words to focus on when you're starting out. Yes. <laughs> Which you and I have not done for many years. No, unsafe not. and not at all sustainable. <laughs> when it comes to exercise, obviously, we're very safe and sustainable in other ways. Um, to answer all these questions is my lovely brother, Adrian, who's not just an all-round legend, but also an exercise scientist. So he actually knows what he's talking about when it comes to this stuff. AJ, welcome back to the pod. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like I'm a bit of a pro now that I've done my first podcast. Yes. But in some good news, I have written some notes. Excellent. Because when I discovered that our first podcast had to be made into two because of my waffle, I made things a little bit more concise. So I'm pretty excited to condense my chatting. It wasn't your waffle. There was just too much knowledge. It was was prolific, mate. That was good stuff. Very insecure about how that played out. So I've written notes, guys. (laughs) Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. You do you, but it was brilliant. (laughs) But thank you for having me. All right. So, AJ, where should I start if I'm a complete beginner with minimal cardio fitness, not a lot of strength? How do I actually begin? What would you recommend? Uh, I love this question because even if you're a seasoned trainer, there are always periods of your time, whether it's from an injury or whether it's just because of illness or downtime, that you have to start again. Mm. Um, So it doesn't matter if it's for the first time or it's coming back from having experience. Everyone has to start somewhere. And I love that this is, I, I, I don't know if I've coined this myself, but I'm kind of like, if your goal is to start exercising, whatever the reason for that being, Anything more than what you have been doing is better than what you have been doing. So, yeah, I I really like that because a lot of people kind of go, oh, I have to go, you know, from zero to 100, but you don't have to. It just has to be a start. So, more is already more, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. um, Yeah, so that's that's what I always look at. And people, I think, sometimes miss that, that they go, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be seven days a week or this many hours. It's just got to be a start. Um, and then it gets into, I guess, a little bit more of the how do we do that well and say or safely and sustainably, as you said. And I think really the easiest thing is it's a gradual, gradual introduction to anything is always going to be way better than flogging yourself so hard at the beginning that you either injure yourself uh, or you, you know you run yourself down too much or you just fall out of love with whatever you're trying to start before you've even had a chance to gain anything from it. I definitely, um, that speaks to me. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I've, I've definitely done that yeah. before. I, I, must, I must get up at 6am every morning and run for an hour and then do that for two weeks and then go, this is so this shit, is I'm never awful. <laughs> I never want to do this again. Yeah, yeah. So that's not the, that's not the way forward, you tell me. 
<laughs> okay, gradual, gradual. Okay, gradual. I see. I see what Gra- you mean. <laughs> so yeah, so gra- gradual because I mean the body. You know, I, I went to a workshop once. It was about a flexibility one because I work with dancers a lot, um, and they were talking about you know the whole oh you shouldn't stretch while you're while you're cold you know it's yeah. when you're warm that you need to stretch and and there is science behind that you know when your body is more compliant and your your muscles are in that um you know state of readiness to go into a stretched position yes you are going to have more range of motion and you are going to probably get more out of that mm-hmm. but this particular workshop they talked about but if you listen to your body you'll never hurt yourself and i, I really resonated with me because it went if you stretch when you're cold well, as long as you don't push yourself past what the, your body is giving you as feedback, which is that's where it can go for now, eventually you will your body will start to get into that and you'll go, okay, now I can go a little bit further and it will allow that process to happen. So I think sometimes it's just going, yeah, the gradual introduction and listening to your body's feedback is a really nice way to go, I kind of know if I'm pushing this too hard uh, and it, it's the information's there for you. It's giving you that information straight away. Mm. Okay, so then, you know, if I'm literally beginner I've got some energy tomorrow morning I want to get up and and do something um what would you recommend you know like can can I get straight into running um you know can I can I go to the gym and jump on the treadmill or or pick up some weights like what would you actually recommend as a place to start day one absolute (laughs) beginner hasn't done any physical exercise outside their kind of daily ADLs yeah absolute beginner yeah no absolutely and I think that's the the hardest question, and then and then it comes back. I mean, we go down that pathway of what do you want to do, what do you like mm. doing, what you know, where, where. And if it's just something where you said, "I'd like to start running," then my answer to you, if you have not run for a really extended period of time or not at all, no, don't get up tomorrow morning, put, <laughs> pop your shoes on, and go for a run down to the bakery to get some bread. You would like to. <laughs> Oh, dig, dig your sister. Um, start, start with what you, and it's really simple. Like I said, if you just start, it's more than what you were doing. So what is more than what you have been doing? And if ADLs are that, yeah, okay, I walk a little bit, but it's not walking with a little bit of a stride to it and it's not measuring something like how long I've walked for uh, or how far I've walked, that's a really good place to start. And then you can start to gradually add to that. So um, if you're already doing a little bit of running, yeah, you might be able to say, okay, now it's the time to look at maybe some distance or some time or some of those measures that you can start to um, incorporate into the, the whole process. But yeah, I would say for something like that, no, you don't want to jump straight into running. You look at it and go, okay, what have I not done? And I'm going to gradually build my way up to that. I, I did write this note, so I should probably go with this and stop ignoring my notes. But <laughs> a really, a really good um, place that I start with that answers your question in a way is: I think of it as stable before unstable, double arm or double leg before single arm and single leg, and slow before fast. If you kind of look at those three things, that's a really nice way to go, okay, am I about to run or walk? Which one's slow and which one's fast? Obviously, the running is fast, so I need to start with slow. So that might be the walk. And mm-hmm. then I can gradually build up to that fast. Double before single is, am I going to do a double-legged squat? Yeah, just with my body weight. Mm-hmm. Or am I going to do a single-leg squat? Well, double before single because it's easier. So yeah. we go, yeah, let's start with that. And then stable before unstable. It's one of my lecturers years and years and years ago. It was his pet peeve was seeing people do a bench press while they were resting their back on a big Swiss ball. It just drove him nuts. But 
what the point there is that you go, yeah, look, maybe that's something really advanced for an elite athlete to throw a really difficult stimulus at them. But stable before unstable would be something like that. Find a nice flat bench before you start throwing yourself onto a, a Swiss ball and trying to balance on that while you push some weight, if that makes sense. But that I think that's probably the best answer to that is that if you start with some key things like that, stable before unstable, double before single and slow before fast, you can apply that to most of the movements that you're going to do. I'm I'm literally writing this down at the moment because that that is a Wiley post when this episode comes out. Yes. Double before single, slow before fast, stable before unstable. Yeah. I hate giving like sort of intangible. So I know what you're saying, like, can I just go and run or can I go and do some weights? Absolutely. And you can just apply some of those principles. So mm. before you go in and start doing, you know, really big plyometric squat jumps holding, you know, a barbell on your back. Yeah, you probably want to go and do a bodyweight squat before you do that If as a, as a tangible example. So if you are going to go to a gym, for example, you want to look at what are some really simple exercises that, you know, bo- some some body weight moving into some, some light resistance exercises um, and how do I use that with, you know, the resistance across all of my body rather than trying to balance or trying to use it one arm, one leg, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's another episode here, which we won't go into today, but I would like to talk to you about, because um, y- you know, when we talked about uh, building core strength and like starting from scratch, literally those first few exercises that you do are kind of like lying on your back and just kind of squeezing your pelvic floor, that kind of stuff. I would really mm-hmm. like to do an episode on whether you can gain anything at all from very slow, <laughs> very relaxed strength like controlled strength exercises because just, yeah, just thinking about the idea of like burpees and those like high intensity sessions, I'm always like, oh, no, (laughs) I don't really want to do any of those things. No, and the older I get, the more I am frightened of injury as well. Like it's just my 44-year-old knees aren't what they used to be. And when you're going hell for leather at something that is really, you know, it's it's extreme if you are a beginner, mm. then, yeah, you, you've got to listen to those signals. I mean, yeah, I, you know, hurt my foot going to get bread from the bakery going for a run. <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> Speaking of injuries, yeah. like what what do you see as some of the common mistakes that people make when they are starting out? Because I, I know for myself, and I've told this story before, but not to you, AJ, I was, I, I got to the point where I was getting quite fit. And, uh, and I was doing some running and then I was determined to do a 5K run this particular day. And I got to like 4.2, 4.3Ks and felt like a little twinge, just a little, little, little baby twinge in the back of my calf. But I was so determined. I was like, mind over matter. Come on. 5K. 5Ks. <laughs> you can do this. Um, and then I managed to sustain, like, albeit fairly minor, I was back. I was, I was back fit again within a few weeks, but I got, I, I got a little minor calf tear. Um, <laughs> and, and I also just felt like such an idiot because obviously it was a very long time until I actually did any running again, as much out of fear yeah. of injuring myself yeah. as also, you know, that rehabilitation. But in terms of preventing injuries as a beginner, what should we be thinking about? It's a, and obviously this is the million dollar question because if we're injury free, you know, we can keep going and that's what we're always trying to work towards. One thing I love, I was, I was listening to one of my mentors and describe it. She described it as injury reduction rather than prevention because the reality is people are going to get injured. Um, and I liked that because I work in the space of injury prevention, I guess, and, and sort of you, you, I guess you rest your success on how many people you keep 
you know, injury-free. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you can put way too much pressure on yourself and you go, the injury is just a part of life. It's a part of performance and, and anything. So, look, injury reduction. So, yeah, is, is what I do like that term and it's kind mm-hmm. of going, how do I reduce my risk of injury? Um, and we've all been there, Sarah, I've known that whole, like you just go, no, I've got to get to that particular milestone before I stop, even though this feels horrendous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. part, part of that too, I think, is how we, we grow as, you know, people trying to train harder because mm-hmm. we sort of like that. It gives us that little bit of a challenge. Um, but, I mean, it, it, also I probably left out now that I think about it um, that, yeah, you could add to that stable before unstable kind of lists light before heavy as well because I think you were talking about um, Gab the whole you know can I do slow and controlled strength work and absolutely you can and you can get a lot from that and that doesn't mean you have to throw um, you know heaps and heaps of resistance or weight on top of something for it to to work Um, so yeah there is some merit to that but that's just a side note in terms of injury um, prevention or reduction, I would say that we've all done it, but doing too much too early is probably the most common mistake. And that's the old, I'm going to start running. I'm yep. so excited. And we all get excited about it. And then I wake up tomorrow and I'm going to run 10 kilometers and then I'm going to do exactly that. I'm going to hurt myself and then I'm going to be not running for an extended period of time. And maybe I won't get back to that point where I feel like running again. So um, doing too much too early is probably the big one. Um, and then the other one, is not warming up and I I'm gonna I'll be completely honest with you I am bad for this it's a it's a real yes, like it's not just you know, me. Is, it's tedious age it's really tedious you're like no 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 half an hour yeah time is do as time I is say not as I do <laughs> <laughs> no and that actually and that's a really good point because it, it does come back to that and I, for the first time myself, had a milestone because I am a runner and I do like running and I used to just always like, (laughs) no, no, but I'd just walk out the house and run and then go, why did that first five to 10 minutes feel horrendous? And there's a few reasons behind that, but one of them is an oxygen deficit. I don't know how sciencey you want me to go with this sort of stuff, but it's the oxygen deficit where your body needs a certain amount of oxygen to do certain things. And you can't get enough oxygen to your body until certain things change, such as your heart, um, sorry, your breath rate increases, your heart rate increases, and then the blood can then be transported to those areas that you're asking to do some sort of physical activity. But the body will still do it, even if it doesn't have the oxygen, if that makes sense. So stupid, stupid you body. You might find. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it sounds and then, like so my body. I always said. <laughs> this is a huge one, and this is particularly for cardio fitness for anyone that's starting. So if, if I was completely cold, I'd done nothing, and I go straight out and start running at a tempo that I think I want to maintain for, let's say, 20 minutes, the first five to six minutes, I'm probably in what we refer to as an oxygen deficit, which is that my body is requiring X amount of oxygen, but I'm not giving it that much yet because I haven't started breathing hard enough. The oxygen hasn't started to pump out to the body. Um, and so it feels awful. And then all of those things start to kick in. The breathing, you know, you start puffing and panting, the oxygen's coming in, it's the the heart starts beating that bit quicker, the oxygen starts to, you know, transport to those um, extremities and it feels good. And then everyone, you know, they talk about like, oh, you hit that second wind. That's essentially what that feeling is. It's the body going, oh, okay, we've got what we need now to be doing what you've been asking me to do for the last five or six minutes without giving me the stuff for it. Thanks so much. <laughs> I don't know that I ever um, get to the it, second win part, though. <laughs> I think it just <laughs> no, all you know like what? shit. 
<laughs> we, we, and I've done it myself. A lot of the time we don't because we don't know what that feels like or because we've tried to do it too quickly and mm. it does feel really gross. Um, and so sometimes we don't get there. So the warming up thing is a little bit like, you know, can you find a way for cardio in that particular sense to gradually start that process before you jump into your tempo? Mm-hmm. of what you want to perform at. Um, and then in terms of like strength training, if you want to go and do that type of um, training, it's really about going, is my body ready to put some sort of push, push or pull some sort of resistance um, through a range of motion that I haven't been putting it through for the last half an hour? So if I go into the gym and I go, okay, I'm about to, let's just use a bench press as an example. Has my shoulder, elbow, back, and wrist been going through that range of motion regularly with any sort of resistance for the last half hour? Probably not. So I don't want to go straight to the maximum that I'm planning to lift in that particular movement without gradually starting my body to do that particular movement Mm -hmm. on a sort of gradual scale increasing. So I might start with maybe even just some, you know, push-ups against the wall just to get the movement there. Then I might, let's say we're doing 20 kilos, I might get five kilos and do that first. And then I might do 15 kilos. And now I'm like, okay, my body has gone through that gradually. It's preparing itself mentally and physically. And now I'm going to put my 20 kilos in and I'm going to start that pushing movement because I've prepped it and it should be ready to go. So you're literally applying the same uh, process to how to start exercise from scratch to how to warm up is literally just a gradual a gradual process for both of those things. If you want to start exercising, you need to do it gradually. You can't start doing the 45-minute hit session tomorrow morning. You can't start doing the 10K run tomorrow morning. You need to gradually build that up over time, you know, um, as you go adding slightly more distance, slight, slightly longer distances or more time or slightly heavier weights, but just gradually. The same thing applies to the warm-up is literally warming up gradually. Yeah, gradually and also trying to make it specific to what you're about to do. So Ah. you'll see it a lot in um, gyms in particular. People go, okay, I'm about to do my workout. And it's kind of just it's an easy one. They go, I'm going to do, let's just say it's an upper upper body workout that I want to do. So they're going to go in and they're going to do some bench press and some, you know, some rowing movements, um, you know, some some bicep curls, those kinds of things. And they go, great, I'm going to go and jump on um, the treadmill and do a five-minute run to get me warm and then I'm going to go and start my exercises yes. and I go well I don't sounds fine check out oh my god <laughs> I've been there <laughs> and I and I and, and do you know what I look at that and I go yeah there's nothing wrong with that five minutes on the treadmill because the five minutes on the treadmill is giving me something so it's starting some it's increasing some heart rate and some breathing and some um, core body temperature is increasing and some blood flow so there's some positives to come out of that but it's not very specific to what I'm about to ask it to do so it would be the equivalent of saying you know maybe to a 100 meter sprinter you're about to do your 100 meter sprint can you go and do a set of bench press and some chin-ups and then go and run it yeah it's not really Mm. relevant if that makes sense it doesn't it's not specific to what you're about to ask the body to do so yeah i would say if you went and did yeah maybe five or ten minutes on the bike or the treadmill but then you went and did some gradual movements that replicate what you're about to do which is an upper body workout you'll start to see, oh, this is starting to feel a lot more natural and I'm feeling a lot more prepared and I'm actually getting more out of my workouts by doing that. It would be the same for a run, Sarah. So it would be the equivalent of saying, okay, this is, I'm going to do, let's say it is the 5K run, but instead of driving and parking my car at my start point, getting out and starting, it might be, I'm going to, however it is you do it. I know for me, I'm actually a 
really nice distance away from where I would want to start my run for a warm-up. And that might be, I think, about around about a kilometre. And I might go, okay, I'm going to walk for a couple of minutes and then I'm going to start to gradually jog a little bit faster. And then I'm going to build that up ever so slightly to the point where by the time I get to where I would normally have driven to to start, I've actually used that time really effectively to get myself warm and ready. And you'll really notice a difference there that you don't have that horrible first five to six minutes. It will feel a little bit nicer and you'll probably start to get more results, which is also a nice thing about you know, getting results and seeing that progress is, is what keeps us going. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, that kilometre yeah. is a waste of a kilometre. Um, <laughs> I'd rather just get straight in and do the run and feel like shit the entire time. Oh, you just, but you, you nailed it. I literally drove to the area that I was going for a run that day and I parked my car, I put my sneakers on and I took off. <laughs> and, I was, and I was going great guns. Great guns. Until the calf tear. About, yeah, four, four Ks. Yeah, all right. All right. This is this is so good, AJ. Yeah. This is so, really so is. good. I'm, I'm literally I, making notes can, here. Can I throw one thing in there, though? Yes. There is a lot of, I mean, misconceptions about warm-ups. And, yes, they are tedious. And it's, it's really, like you said, time is of the essence. You don't, and I've seen this too. I ha- this is a pet a hate of mine, but... I see people going to the gym and they're like, oh, I'm going to do my workout, so I've got to get my foam roller out and I've got to do about three and a half hours of foam rolling before I start anything. Mm. That is a waste of three and a half hours of foam rolling. Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but do you know what I mean? It's just trying to find that balance that's something where you go, okay, I can afford somewhere between five to 15 minutes to get my body ready, but it's also a little bit more part of the workout rather than thinking it has to be completely separate. Um, Yeah. And there is value in those things, but yeah, it, you know, even even foam rolling and release work like that—that's really popular—is really good, but it doesn't need to go for too long. It can be a few minutes on a couple of targeted areas, and you will get some really nice range of motion in that. That helps, and that gets a, rid of some of the little kinks and. Um, sort of pinchy grab pains we might get when we start from cold. Um, so there is value in it, but my point, I guess, is it doesn't need to go forever. It's just got to be a little bit, and you, it's just working that out for your body and how it works. Mm. Quick question for you. So we've spoken a bit about warming up. What's your take on cooling down? Ooh. You're going you're gonna to hate this, but it's <laughs> much the same. Damn it. <laughs> much the same. No, I just want to get back in the car and drive home. I've done my no. run. <laughs> Yeah, I've split and I my think- calf. I'm back in the car. I don't have time for any of this. No, no. I feel so proud of myself because the next part of my notes directs directly towards this. I'm so happy. I'm just. I guess this comes down to the recovery part. So the recovery in terms of injury prevention is, you know, equal parts as important as all of the the preparation work, etc. Um, it's about bringing your body back to its baseline, and there are some things that you can do for that. So stopping and you know, doubling over on, you know, haunches and kind of taking the big breaths in. It's going to happen when you've pushed yourself a bit, but then you kind of want to gradually bring that back down. So, you know, you see it, you do that run and then you go for that little bit of a walk afterwards. You see those football teams, it's just horrendous. They're like, oh, they've just played a full game of football and they're doing these little hip skips and jogs across the field Mm. as part of their (laughs) cool down. There's a reason they do it. It is. It's about bringing that body back to its baseline, um, clearing out some of the the things, the the you know the chemical processes that have gone on um, in the body. Um, but look, it is important, it, and it's probably one that you couldn't. It is a bit 
nicer. It's probably easier because that might be where you go, look, I'd like to do a little bit of stretching at the end. And you can say, you know, maybe, okay, I do that little bit of a walk. And then if you are at home or you're close to home, you can, you can get there and you can pop yourself in front of the telly and just do a few of those little things. But they are the ones that we skip a lot. And that might be, you go, I know that I've got to you know, do a little bit of stretching on my quads or my glutes or somewhere that you know is a little bit tight for you. Um, and you will tell the difference doing it and not doing it. If you, if even if you just do it on purpose, you know, deliberately don't do it. See how you feel the next day, and then try it when you have done it. And I think you'll see. Okay, it is actually worth doing. But yeah, little little um, things that you can put in place to essentially think bring myself back to baseline. And baseline is if you've worked muscles, generally speaking, we've shortened muscles when we're doing strength training in particular. But that applies when we're doing you know cardio as well. How do I bring it back to a baseline? Well, I've got to lengthen them a little bit. So if I've done some exercises that shorten a muscle because they're trying to get stronger by contracting, a little bit of stretching or opening up those muscles and lengthening them again um, is essentially bringing you back to that original baseline, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, it does. Absolutely. Okay, um, cool. s- speaking of um, starting out uh, and also like warming up and and warming down, de- well, cooling down, I should say. Um, rest days, like if I'm if I'm starting tomorrow and I'm and I'm doing well and I'm making sure I'm doing my warm ups and I'm making sure that I'm just gradually increasing my my load or my distance each day or my time or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, can you? Is it okay to do something every day, or you know, when you're really starting out, should you take rest days? Yeah, yes and no is the answer to that, and it really it's that's it, a hard question to answer because it's so dependent. But a couple of really simple things that I, I think sometimes people don't know, which is I think is really valuable to know: strength training. If you're doing resistance training to build strength, you need a minimum of a day in between. So if you do, I'm just going to stick with upper body because we've been talking about it, but if I do an upper body strength training session on a particular day, let's say Monday, I won't want to do that same sort of strength training until the, as a very minimum Wednesday because there's a lot of adaptations that are going on there. Um, you've, you've essentially, you know, uh, stressed the body, you've done some damage to the body. So it then goes, okay, I have to recover from this and I have to recover in a better state than when I ha- before I had that stress mm-hmm. placed on me. So, and it needs that time to do it. And if it doesn't get that time, the results start to go the other way. So you start, you know, lo- losing the benefits of your training. So strength training in specifically needs that time in between and it's tw- sort of 24 to 48 hours. So you kind of go, if you stick at least a day in between, um, you're pretty safe. Cardio training, things like that, anything that's more strength endurance, so it's not really the resistance is really low, you can get away with doing that more regularly. But you also just have to listen to your body and understand what level you're at for that. Um, and that would be looking at it in the sense of if you need uh, a day off to recover because you're, you, know, you just haven't done anything and you just don't feel great, then mm. take it. Um, but the t- three things I just want to m- mention with that is, yes, you can do stuff every day. Think differently if it's strength because you've got to give yourself that time in between. Listen to your body a little bit in terms of where it's at and wh- how you're feeling. If you're waking up and you're really sore, you obviously just need to go, if I go and try and do something that's really going to uh, bother my body, it might be better just to wait a little bit because that will pass and if you keep consistent with it, it will go away. But really good sleep really good nutrition and hydration are your best friends in the recovery process. So if you're thinking about that, if I'm getting really good sleep and I'm eating and drinking really well, 
they're the they're your best friends even at the elite level they're the they're the two at the top of the tree in terms of um recovery mm-hmm. um and then the last one and this is one that a lot of people don't do and i love this i'm really passionate about this active recovery is a thing and it's a great thing and that is where and I, i'm probably working at it from a slightly different perspective because i've got um sort of elite level dancers who all they do is train mm. and what i like them to do on their days off because they don't get many of them is that they don't like sitting around and being still but i love it <laughs> <laughs> i know it's weird but active recovery and this can apply whether you're really really into your training and fitness or whether you're not but active recovery is a great thing which is it's more about okay, it's my day off, but I'm still going to go and do something that involves activity. And that might just be going for a walk or going for a really gentle bike ride and things like that. And you go, you sometimes you'll find it's my day off, but by doing something that isn't stressing my body, that's active, you'll find over time that that actually really benefits you and the consistency becomes a lot easier. So it's just something to think about, but I love active recovery. It doesn't always have to be passive. But active recovery is doing something that isn't stressing your body. So it's just a nice leisure thing, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And we were talking last week or the week before about Gab's 100 days of exercise when she first kind of got started into her exercise habit. And, you know, there's no way that anyone at at our level, at Gab's or my level, can do 100 days of like full-on hardcore high-intensity exercise in a row Starting okay. from starting from zip. Mm. But we would tick off that, yes, we did exercise that day if we'd have gone for a 22-minute walk mm. or if we'd have done just a really chill yin yoga session or restorative yep. yoga session. Um, and then maybe the next day we actually do go for a run or maybe the next day we do some kind of resistance work. But for me, active recovery is not only important from the the sports scientist perspective, but from that habit-building perspective, mm. I think if you can manage to do something, and and for us at the absolute sloth beginner phase, if you can do five minutes of activity, even if that is your down day or your off day, it's just going to make it so much easier to get back into a little bit more intense exercise on that next yeah. day. Mm. Yeah, because you yeah. haven't broken the habit. Yeah. You've still, you know, kept that that as a part of your day, you've, you've still kind of ticked that off as something that you do. Yeah. yeah and psychologically too, it mm. feels great because you just go, oh, it's just something that you went, yeah, I did something today, even if it was small. How good am I? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's great. No, and I think that also, also comes a little bit back to, um, I love that, by the way. I love that, you know, you could do 100 days, but 100 days, even elite level, you know, there's got to be rest. The body needs it. The body needs to rest and recover. And if it is active recovery, that's okay because it might just be, oh, you know what, my my active recovery or active exercise day today was really a light, you know, like I said, walk or a yoga session or something that didn't stress my body. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that I think it's really good. It's also something that I talk to um, students and, and clients a lot about, which is the difference between training and exercising. And training mm. is where it's about, I think this might be where you're going with the next question that you sent me through, but it's, a, <laughs> it's about... Um, you know, training is where there's a targeted goal. You've set some parameters, you're monitoring it, and you're trying to see progression. Exercising is just getting up and doing something. doesn't matter what it is. And so much of that, even just for the leisure side of it, is really nice because if you've decided, yes, I'm going to join a gym and I'm going to do that and I don't find it natural to me and it's a, 
it's hard work for me to get motivated to do that, but I'm really keen to do it. Great. Not everything. There's that really controversial thing for me, I think, is that you don't have to love everything you do. There's that sort of idea that you have, you can only do it if you love it. Otherwise you won't persist with it. Mm. I don't, I don't know that I'd necessarily agree with that all of the time. I get it. I do understand why. And you should certainly start with things that you love and enjoy because you are more likely to do it. But also there's a level of resilience that you build in saying, well, do you know what? I really want to try and persist at something because who knows, you may grow to love something that you found. And it might be that you didn't love it just because you didn't like the environment or the, you know, the people or um, you didn't know enough about it. And then you, you went in and immersed yourself in that and you might come out and find you do love it. And I don't like closing doors off to go, you can't do something if you don't love it because you'll stop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, most exercise is not enjoyable for me. So, like, but I, but I know that I have to do it for my health. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's fine. There's a lot of shit in life that I hate doing, <laughs> but I recognize that I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to change the sheets. I'm going to need to pay my taxes. Um, like, these things are truly awful pains in my ass. But if, um, if we get them done, you do, yeah, you have an easier life. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, okay, so then you spoke. You, you did mention the next question, and uh, yes, if you are, I mean, humans are very results driven, and especially if you're an exercise sloth like us, um, you get that motivation, <laughs> that that sort of you know freak motivation once every three months to kind of get outdoors and do something and and exercise, and that motivation is very short lived, um, and then often disappears. And so, because you've talked us through the best way to start being a very gradual um, process. Um, it's something that if you're results driven, you may not actually see results very quickly. Um, you know, you may not feel results. You might not start to feel any better. Um, and I'm just wondering, you know, because we tend to be results driven, um, what are some of the things that we can actually focus on when we're starting out to show us that we actually are making progress, but it might just not be in the way that we're looking for it? Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And I think that is where that's where it gets really tricky and a lot of people start and give up and start and give up. We've all done it. Mm. I've done it multiple times and 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 maybe it was just a couple of things that we missed or we didn't know how to put in place to kind of see those results. But and it's pretty like it's human nature, right? Like to feel that something we're doing is contributing to something yeah. is so powerful and if that's something we're doing is contributing to our well-being, then we want to see that and I think it's really important. Um, I guess you'll if you go to any good sort of trainer or sports scientist, the, you'll hear this sort of thrown around a lot, which is progressive overload. Progressive overload essentially being that you need to gradually make things harder and harder in some way, whether that's by more time or more resistance or changing it from a double to a single leg, for example. Um, but over time, and it doesn't have to happen straight away, but progressively overloading your body is how your body adapts to that stimulus. Mm -hmm. um, and then we start to see some progress. Um, so progressive overloads the starting point, then separating training and exercise. Exercise being, do you know what? Today's my chill out day. I'm going to catch up with some friends. We go for a nice, you know, half hour, 45 minute walk and we have a coffee or whatever it might be. That's my exercise. Training is my, Sarah, let's say it's running, is where I've set aside 30 minutes twice a week and I'm going to do my training which is I'm going to go, and that might be how you do it. You might use time and you say, I am just going to stick my watch or whatever you use my phone on for 30 minutes and I'm going to use some app that's going to tell me how far I've travelled 
in that 30 minutes. And then each time I do that, I'm going to see maybe week one, my target is to just do that 30. And then I'm going to change one of those two variables. And that might be, I'm going to up the time. So I'm going to go for a little bit longer, or I'm going to see if I can get a little bit further in the distance this time in the same amount of time. Um, and then all of a sudden, and that's not that hard to do. That's like, to be perfectly honest, I all the technologies out there, I think I work with close to a hundred people a week because I take a lot of classes, like group classes who are students for mine. Then um, I just have it all on a spreadsheet and I just put a number down. It's really simple. I used to do it on a note pad and pen and then I realized that digital age yeah yeah move away <laughs> from that and save the environment a little bit and I went it's not that hard to put on an excel spreadsheet but it's really simple write down their exercises week one this is what they did week two this is what they did and then they can look at it and go oh yeah that's what I was up to last week and they can then go what am I doing am I progressing on that yes I need to add something more to it from last week and this is what I need to do to make that happen we've if anyone's ever been to a gym that's where you go yeah, I went to this same gym a couple of weeks ago and I used this machine, but I can't remember if <laughs> I put the pin in number seven or number 13. Uh, and did I did I do it 10 times? Or do, do you I know what I mean? Seen, and, <laughs> <laughs> so just having something where you've just gone, this is training. I've put a little bit down. It doesn't need to be overly complicated and then I can track it. So that's just monitoring it. For two reasons. One, to see progress and two, so that you know what you did last week so that you can go, am I at that point where I'm ready to make this a little bit harder? Um, Even just writing down how many times a week you did it is a starting point. Mm. So if you say, my plan is I want to start walking into running, I started week one and I did it twice. Pop that in your diary. Week two, I did it three times. Week four, I did it three times again, but I added 20 minutes. You know, those types of really simple things. Mm. Um, I think they're a really nice way to go. How can I check what I'm doing, monitor what I've done previously and how I'm making it a little bit harder? And then you see results with that. If you if you only did that, you would look at it and go, well, week one was two sessions at 30 minutes and week 10 was four sessions at 30 minutes. There's progress for you, just on a really tangible sense, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So that's a really um, simple method. And then you've got the intangibles, which are, a little bit harder to quantify, but equally, if not more important, can I then reflect on, and this might be whether you just keep a note of it, a diary, you just reflect on it, but how is my mood? How has my sleep been? How are my relationships going? How's my energy level? How's my work efficiency? Not things that your personal trainer would probably be looking at <laughs> that much, yep. but if you're doing all this training and you're not looking at those things, imagine if all you focused on was time and distance or resistance and you didn't realise that I feel great, I'm really happy, my relationship's going really well and I'm doing really well at work. Maybe that could be because of the exercise that you're doing. And if you miss that and stop because you didn't see, you know, five more minutes or another kilometre or another 10 kilos... Well, that's, you've missed a big chunk of what you're, you're achieving there. Mm, I think um, when you mentioned the 10 kilos thing, I think that's the, the big kicker for a lot of women, um, you know, that the way that we measure progress or results is, is do I see anything different in the mirror? Do I, have, have I lost my muffin top yet? Is my butt a bit smaller or bigger or whatever the beauty standards are at the moment? We don't know. They always change. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like, do, yeah. I, do I look aesthetically different? Um, and when, when we don't see that, you kind of 
that's that's often a, a something that demotivates you when you kind of give up and head back to the couch and feel really shit about yourself. Um, I'll go to the beach next year. Forget yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I won't go for a swim this year, obviously. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then and then you miss out on all these other, as you say, intangible things that are right there and, and staring you in the face. You're just not looking for them. Yeah. And they're and they're in the literature. There's science to back this shit up. So. You will feel. Says the doctor. The science <laughs> is science. The science. The science. <laughs> you, you will, you know, you will see an improvement in your mood. You will start to sleep better. These are these are the most important things for your quality of life. Mm. And if, yeah, I think it's really important that that again, bringing it right back to the sloths, that <laughs> that you don't always only focus on those really tangible outcomes because mm. those intangibles are often really reflective of the progress that you are making. Yeah, those intangibles are really important. They're harder, a little bit harder to measure. Um, but, I mean, I think, to be perfectly honest, when it's training for yourself and not for the Olympics, they're more important. Um, and, <laughs> what are you and saying about my Olympic capabilities? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like you've touched my dreams here, mate. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, there is the 5,000 metres. It is an option. We've, we're we're 4.2 k's in yep. before the calf goes, so we're nearly there. We're nearly there. No, and, but, I mean, and like you said, in the literature, you know, that's what, you know, the elderly populations, things like resistance training are becoming really popular in elderly populations at the moment, at, particularly at places like um, aged care facilities and not because of the physical strength it's lowering depression and that's Mm. such a high there's such a high prevalence of depression at that in that age demographic and you go but who's measuring that in terms of you know the the dumbbells or barbells they're lifting they're not they're just measuring mental health which is very different but if you took that away just because you weren't seeing progress in terms of weight and resistance or reps and sets you're missing a really big picture there which is keeping you know an our elderly population happy and healthy uh okay i have learned a lot today um especially like the, the stable unstable one yep. leg to du- single double stability what no i've said that one <laughs> Injury reduction. Injury reduction. That was that was the, the that was the big takeaway for me. Active recovery. Active recovery. Yep. Cooling down. Cool. Yeah. Well. Anyway, it was bloody brilliant. Yeah, it was. Thank you. Thank you so much again for your time, for your expertise, uh, and for just being um, a bloody great weirdo who liked running. Yeah, I know. Right. No, thank you so much for. I, I I find this really enjoyable, but at the same time, I think I really talk a lot. And once. <laughs> Once someone gets me started and I go, oh, when, where do I pull this up? And then I think I don't like the sound of my own voice like no one really no one does. does. No and then does. I think, oh, I'm putting all these poor people through my voice for really long periods. But I have to say, just thank you for having me because I actually love talking about this and I'm really passionate about it. I think it's, you know, I think it's great what you guys are doing. So, yeah, thanks. Thanks, mate. Women Like You podcast is produced by me, Gab Burke, and music is by Hamish Camilleri. Thank you for listening and sharing our little pod. If you can take a quick screenshot of wherever you are listening to us from and post that in your stories, we'd be very, very grateful. Yes, and you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter at womenlikeyoupodcast.com. 
I'm Sarah. And I'm Gab. And if you have any questions at all for AJ, for us, uh, for Sarah, she's the smart one in this in this oh. duo. <laughs> You know I don't she, like she that. Could read the, she could read hey. the actual studies. No, 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 no. I, I apologise. I apologise. Yes. But you are the doctor. He is the sports scientist. Uh, if you have any questions, you know, please hit us up, womenlikeyoupodcast at gmail.com, and we will endeavour to answer them. Yeah, hell yeah. It's actually really fun to uh, to find out what you really are interested in hearing about so that, as I explained to one of my friends today, so that we don't just feel like we're shouting into the void. <laughs> so true. if you have a specific question, a query... Or just us- if you've seen something that's popped up and, and you're curious about it, you know, mm. maybe it's a, a, a new trend of exercise. Or, or if you've like seen that. some kind of absolutely idiotic exercise trend that is probably harmful, definitely harmful to our mental health, probably our physical health. Let us know that too. Let us know so we can all have a laugh about it together yes. and why we absolutely shouldn't do that. And let's get more guests on. How yes. good is having guests? Yes. Oh, AJ, bloody legend. Look forward to having you back. Yes, absolutely. All right. Shall we get out of here? Indeed. Oh, I love you. I'll talk to you next week. I love you too. Bye. Bye. Big name in the water.